Inshallah, we're going to go ahead and, and get started. I'm just going to kindly request, uh, Inshallah, all the guys in the back and anyone who's coming in to come closer. And any of the kids around the other side, Inshallah, I'll try to come sit in the front, try to come on uh, this side of the room, Inshallah. So as you guys come in, uh, just come towards the front, Inshallah. Um, Imam Wahab, he will be speaking about a very important topic. As we know, this is the month of Rabi'ah al-Awwal. The month in which the Prophet he was born, the month in which the Prophet he passed away. So it's a very significant month uh, in terms of connecting and learning more about the Prophet learning about the seerah. So it's a very important topic. Inshallah ta'ala, please pay attention and there will be time at the end uh, for anyone to ask questions. Um, you know, please don't shy away from asking questions. Imam Wahab is a great resource to our community. And so please utilize uh, him being here with us tonight and um, ask him any questions that come to your mind, inshallah. Um, he requested that we start off with some Qur'an, inshallah. I wanted to ask um, Samir to come recite just a few ayat, uh, and then inshallah ta'ala, uh, we'll begin with the talk. Jazakumullah khair. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الرحمن علم القرآن خلق الإنسان علمه البيان الشمس والقمر بحسبان والنجم والشجر يسجدان والسماء رفعها ووضع الميزان ألا تطغوا في الميزان وأقيموا الوزن بالقسط ولا تخسروا الميزان والأرض وضعها للأنام فيها فاكهة والنخل ذات الأكمام 
والحب ذو العصب والريحان فبأي آلاء ربكما تكذبان خلق الإنسان من صلصال كالفخار وخلق الجان من مارج من نار فبأي آلاء ربكما تكذبان رب المشرقين ورب المغربين فبأي آلاء ربكما تكذبان مرج البحرين يلتقيان بينهما برزخ لا يبغيان فبأي آلاء ربكما تكذبان يخرج منهما اللؤلؤ والمرجان فبأي آلاء ربكما تكذبان وله الجوار المنشآت في البحر كالأعلام فبأي آلاء ربكما تكذبان كل من عليها فان ويبقى وجه ربك ذو الجلال والإكرام فبأي آلاء ربكما تكذبان يسأله من في السماوات والأرض كل يوم هو في شأن فبأي آلاء ربكما تكذبان سنفرغ لكم أي يسأله من في السماوات والأرض كل يوم هو في شأن فبأي آلاء ربكما تكذبان السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته. It requires great courage to come up and say something and recite. MashaAllah, Brother Samir, when we asked him to come recite some uh, ayat of Quran, he wasn't feeling shy, he wasn't feeling comfortable, but we're going to all encourage him uh, by saying takbir so that you know we hear more and we make dua for him as well that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make him hafiz he's becoming hafiz may Allah make him hafiz also uh, give him the understanding of his deen make him a great leader of his deen so that he can serve the community Amen. we'll just start inshallah okay rahim alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen wa usalli wa usallimu ala al-mab'uthi rahmatan lil alameen نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه ومن اهتدى بهديه واقتدى بسنته لا يوم الدين وبعد فقد قال جل وعلا في كتابه المجيد وفرقانه الحميد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم 
قل إن كان آباؤكم وأبناؤكم وإخوانكم وأزواجكم وعشيرتكم وأموال اقترفتموها وتجارة تخشون كسادها ومساكن ترضونها أحب إليكم من الله ورسوله وجهاد في سبيله فتربصوا حتى يأتي الله بأمره والله لا يهدي القوم الفاسقين عن أنس بن مالك رضي الله عنه قال قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى أكون أحب إليه من والده وولده والناس أجمعين رواه الإمام الهمام البخاري في صحيحه ما إن مدحت محمدا بمقالتي ولكن مدحت مقالتي بمحمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وقال الشاعر شهد الأنام بفضله حتى العدا والفضل ما شهدت به الأعداء My most respected elders, youngsters, hufaz and upstairs mothers and sisters <coughs> Today we are here to learn about loving Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Indeed, we talked about Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa in every majalis of ours, in every gathering of ours, right? There is no gathering which is such that we don't talk about his ta'limat, his teachings, and uh, his ahadith, and there, is no, there, there are no majalis and gatherings that we find that his mentioning is not there. I'm talking about dini majalis, religious majalis, so in all of our majalis, we talk about Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa So to be honest with you, to be true with you, Rabi'ul Awwal, which is this month, is not muhtaj and in need to talk about Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Because we usually talk about Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa So we can remove this misconception and confusion from our mind that when it comes to Rabi'ul Awwal, uh, the, that's that's the only month we keep the program of Sirah or something about the life of Rasulullah Sallallahu or maybe about teachings of Rasulullah Sallallahu No, the reality is we talk about Rasulullah Sallallahu in all our gatherings because he is our muhsin. He has done great favor upon us. He has done great ihsan upon us in a manner that he has taught us everything that we needed in this life. But before I move on, let me just translate those poetries that I've mentioned before you, before I forget. The first poetry that I've mentioned before you, it's from Hassan ibn Thabit anhu, who is the Sha'ir of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, poet of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa He mentions in his poetry, ma in madahtu Muhammadan bimaqalati, I have not praised Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, with my speech and that's the reality of all that anyone who speaks about Rasulullah he is not raising the maqam and rank and status of Rasulullah because of his speech however the reality is my speech is getting praised I'm praising my speech because of mentioning Rasulullah in my speech so this is the reality of, uh, of all the speeches 
in which Rasulullah is mentioned that that speech becomes you know uh, a high level of speech in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because you are mentioning in it Sayyidul Bashir the leader of mankind the closest one to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that was the first poetry I've mentioned before you the second poetry in, in which Sha'ir says Shaheed al-Anamu bi fadlihi hatta al-ida that the entire creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the entire makhluk they have witnessed such uh, the excellence of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa the virtue of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa the status of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa so much so his enemies they could not stop praising Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa the shayir says the real excellence is the real virtue is the real true high level and praiseworthy maqam is when your enemy prays about you when your enemy tells you that you are a good person the real excellence lies when when your enemies praise you say that you are a great man you are a great person but because of this reason i don't believe you because of the hasad because of the whatever reason he doesn't believe that's why he became the enemy of rasulullah however the reality is you are a great person you are a, uh, uh, your personality is great so these were the two poetries i've mentioned before you before coming to the topic of ours which is loving uh, prophet if i were to ask you and engage you in this question that why should we love Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Can I get some answers on that? Why should we love Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Anyone? He was stamped by Allah. He is? He was stamped by Allah. Okay, one answer. Uh, can anyone translate? I didn't get you, sorry. Why? He was sent by Allah. He was sent by Allah. Okay, one answer. That's great. Another answer. Anyone? Bismillah. Okay, he's going to intercede on behalf of entire mankind, not just and from Adam salam to the last person, which is called Shafat Kubra. He's going to intercede on behalf of everyone. That's great answer. Also, what else? Bismillah. The one I recited before you, okay, that's a great answer. Yeah, I recited that in the khutbah, that's good. Okay, because of the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Okay, that's also a great answer that the doors of Jannah will not be open for anyone until he sallallahu alayhi wa will enter his. Allah loves him, that's also a great answer. Yes. Yes, that's also, he brought Quran from, uh, for us, that's also a great answer. All these answers we have heard, all of them are great. We love Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa The reality is, yes, all these reasons are there. But the reality is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who has created all of us, who is all, uh, our Malik, right, who is our master. He has told us in the Quran, to keep the love of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam more than everything else. 
So, yes, all these answers are great, all these reasons are great, but when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us something that has to be greater than everything else, and for this reason I have recited before you the verse of Surah At-Tawbah. I believe it's the verse number 24 of Surah At-Tawbah. قُلْ إِنْ كَانَ آبَاؤُكُمْ وَأَبْنَاؤُكُمْ وَإِخْوَانُكُمْ وَأَزْوَاجُكُمْ وَعَشِيرَتُكُمْ وَأَمْوَالٌ اِقْتَرَفْتُمُوهَا وَتِجَارَةٌ تَخْشَوْنَ كَسَادَهَا وَمَسَاكِنُ تَرْضَوْنَهَا أَحَبَّ إِلَيْكُمْ مِنَ اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ Few things I'll mention here, over here. Say, O Prophet of Allah, if your fathers, if your children, if your, if your brothers, if your wives, if your relatives and then the wealth that you have earned that you have gathered wealth your wealth and your business your commerce about which you fear that it will decline it will decrease number seven number eight your homes that are beloved to you, you are pleased with your homes, those homes. If these eight things are dear to you, more beloved to you than Allah and His Messenger, and قتال in his cause then فتربصوا حتى يأتي الله بأمره then wait for the command of Allah to come if you look at the tafsir of this you're gonna find wait for the punishment of Allah to come upon you والله لا يهدي القوم الفاسقين and Allah سبحانه وتعالى does not guide the sinning nation those who sin so from this ayah we find that it is must it is necessary it is obligatory upon us to have the love of Allah and His Messenger more than everything else, more than everything that we have, more than our awlad, more than our wealth, more than our houses that we live in. People have different, different kinds of love in their heart. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in this ayah that these things uh, has to be uh, 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 after the love of Allah and His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Basically, in this ayah, we have to prioritize our deen, the, the love of our deen. Ahabba ilaykum min Allahi wa rasulihi wa jihadin fi sabili. If you uh, make, uh, if you uh, say the outcome of this is to have the love of our religion, have the love of our religion, it has to be more than all those things that we have. So because of this ayah, we love Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in this ayah. We find another ayah also, An-Nabiyyu awla bil mu'minina min anfusihim wa azwajuhu ummahatuhum. The Nabi, the messenger, he is closer to the believers than their own selves. Over here, the last ayah was talking about awlad, fathers, and all other things, but not uh, anyone's self. Over here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, then their own selves, Nabi is closer to the believers, and his wives are 
their mothers, their spiritual mothers. Their position is like the mothers. So we find from this ayah as well that it is necessary upon us to love, to have the love of Rasulullah more than everything else. And this is what going to complete our Iman. It is part of our faith. Without this, our Iman is not going to become complete. We find the hadith of Rasulullah which comes in Sahih Bukhari. I just recited before you. Anas anhu narrates, he says, Rasulullah says, لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى أكون أحب إليه من والده وولده والناس أجمعين. None of you will believe until I become more beloved to him than his parents, his awlad and everyone else one nasi ajma'in so rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam's love in our heart has to be more than everything else yes we find you can look at your can the condition of your heart i will look at the condition of my heart how much love i have for rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam how much love you have for rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and we all strive together in order to increase this love of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam so that our iman can become complete. The word of uh, the hadith literally is la yu'minu ahadukum. None of you will believe. But none from the shurah will explain that because of which you're going to come out of the fold of Islam because it requires a process. That's why you're, you're going to find the tashrih and the commentary of this, uh, uh, this hadith that none of you will have Kamil Iman and complete Iman until Rasulullah becomes more beloved to that person. So that was the uh, question we asked, and the answer to this is uh, that because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, and Rasulullah tells us in his hadith. One time Umar he is asking and he is saying to Rasulullah that you are more beloved to me, but accept his own self, he mentioned. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa mentioned uh, that uh, when I become more beloved to you, then your iman will be kamil. I'm just mentioning the mafoom and the understanding, me understood meaning of that uh, incident. Then uh, uh, Umar radiallahu anhu says, Al-an, now I have more love for you than everything else and even myself. So Rasulullah said, now you have a kamil iman, your iman becomes complete when Rasulullah love uh, for him became more than everything else. So that's why being in this gathering, be with this intention that I want to increase my love for Rasulullah because that's where our najat, our salvation, our protection from the hellfire and our getting entry into Jannah, our ple- getting pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala lies when we have come in Iman. And one of the ways of completing our Iman is to have the love of Rasulullah more than everything else in our heart. So that's the maqsad and that's the purpose. We are here that we keep this intention and when we have big intention, inshallah, we're going to work for it and inshallah, we will achieve it. We will make dua for this as well. Inshallah, from now on, make this part of your daily duas that Allah make my iman kamil and complete by giving me the love of Rasulullah more than everything else. 
So we're going to make this dua and also we're going to try to pursue, we're going to try to make an effort in order to achieve the love of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We move on how a person can increase his love for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. One is that, you know, we come here every Saturday to learn about the teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Indeed, this is one of the uh, ways and one of the greatest ways to increase our love for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that we come we understand, we learn the teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and we obey and we practice and this is going to increase our love for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa because he is teaching us how we live our life, how we spend our life, how we worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what is the purpose of our being here. This is what we're going to find from the teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa one of the ways and today which i want to mention that when we have we all claim to have rasulullah sallallahu we all claim to have the love of rasulullah sallallahu in our heart but you know if you truly try to look at the definition of the word muhabbat you're not gonna find somebody truly and you know he's gonna do justification in defining the word muhabbat and the love it's a it's a something that is related to your heart something that comes up something that rises up something that connects you with another person from your heart it's a quality of your heart it is there in your heart but you truly try to define this word love and mahabbat uh, you may not uh, uh, try to define you you may not be able to define this word but Again, what we have, this is the quality of our heart. No one can see, but what we can see is what is the effect of that love we have for Rasulullah sallallahu What is the athar? What is the alama? What is the symbol? What is the sign that we have the love of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And now that has to appear in our a'mal, in our aqaid, in our akhlaq, in our mu'amilat, in our social gathering, when we use our tongue, we, it has to appear through our tongue that we have the love of Rasulullah Not that when we are here in this majlis, we are, you know, sharif, pious, righteous, most righteous person, but when we go out, everything is over. We don't know how we are using our tongue. You know, we don't know uh, when we are causing hurt to next person. Next person is feel he's crying because of my one sentence that I have made against him. So it shouldn't be just limited to our majalis, our masajid. Maybe just it shouldn't be just limited with our ibadat. It should go and it should uh, come with us outside as well when we are dealing with others, when we are socializing with others, when we are playing with others, when we are uh, 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 showing our characters to others, we are not lying, we are truthful, we are honest and showing good akhlaq and akhlaq of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When we are, you know, uh, treating our mother, our parents, our brothers, our wives, everywhere it has to be seen the love of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa then truly we will be loving Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa otherwise we have seen even 
everyone have heard of Abu Lahab, who is the uncle of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. You know, when he heard the birth of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam from his slave woman who came with this basharat, with this good news that a son has been born in, uh, uh, in the house of your brother, late brother. So he became very happy and he told, and it's the habit, it was the habit and it is the habit, uh, the Arab, that whenever anyone comes with good news, they would, uh, uh, they, they would surprise that person, they would give compensation to that person. So Abu Lahab, when he heard this good news that Rasulullah came to this world and the birth of Rasulullah through his slave woman, he told her that you are free. And the, uh, if you look at the freedom of a slave, and when a person comes out of slavery, that is the greatest blessing he can get. When, it, when you talk about the blessing of this world, the na'mah of this world, the greatest favor any slave can get is that his freedom. So she is getting her freedom, just what? That she brought the news of the birth of Rasulullah to her master, Abu Lahab. And we know about Abu Lahab, how uh, uh, his kufr is. And Quran mentions one entire chapter about the destruction of Abu Lahab. Here, Abu Lahab, he is uh, freeing his slave woman on the birth of Rasulullah because he became happy or he became sad. He became happy on the birth of Rasulullah Just say honestly that yes, he is the enemy of Islam. But when Rasulullah is coming to this world, he becomes happy or not? Yes or no? He becomes happy. That's why he is freeing the slave woman. But later when Rasulullah gives da'wah and invites him towards Islam, what happens? He rejects that happiness. He disbelieves in Rasulullah. Trying to say rejects that happiness means he disbelieves in Rasulullah He doesn't accept Islam. He curses Rasulullah by saying May destruction to you. You know when Rasulullah he is announcing his prophethood. No one speaks. Only his uncle, he speaks. The one who became happy on his birth, he is speaking and he is cursing and using bad language to Rasulullah Of course, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala later uh, uh, reveals the entire surah uh, to mention about the destruction of Abu Lahab. But the point is, did he become happy? Did he show his love to Rasulullah or not? Yes, he showed his love on the birth of Rasulullah But when Rasulullah invited him towards Islam and gave him true da'wah, true invitation towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he rejected. Basically, he did not put it into practice. He did not believe in Rasulullah as a messenger of Allah. He believed in him as his nephew. As his nephew, he believed in, believed in him. He showed his love for him. But when he announced his prophethood as a messenger of Allah, he did not believe in the messenger of Allah. So we as believers to complete our iman, it is the demand of our love for Rasulullah that we love more than everything else and show 
our, uh, His love through our practice, through our all the amal that we do, through our akai, through our amal. And inshallah, in today's majlis, if uh, based on again time, I want to mention one aqidah and one amal. There are many things could be mentioned for uh, uh, about Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and something that demands when you love and when you claim to love Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. The very first thing when we claim to have the love of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, it demands that we trust on the blessed tongue of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. We trust, we have belief, we have 100% yaqeen on the tongue and blessed tongue of Rasulullah sallallahu Anything that has come out from the blessed tongue of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and it, it has been established to be true that it is from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa we did not, we, we should not have any reservation. We should not have any excuse to not take it, not say it that this is not from Rasulullah or not to believe in it. First believe. First Iman comes. First you believe in that qawl of Rasulullah that, So that's the point that we have a trust and complete trust and belief in the blessed tongue of Rasulullah Remember without Rasulullah we would not have believed in true Tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Without Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa we would not have believed in uh, all the Anbiya alayhi salatu wassalam. Without Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa we would not have received true knowledge how to, uh, uh, about how to live our life. We would not have received true knowledge about the hereafter, about the day of judgment, what is going to happen when we die, about the life of Qabr, life of Barzat, the Jannat, the Jahannam, Hisab, Kitab, Mizan. You talk about all those things. Without Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, we would not have learned how to live our life, how to spend our life. We see all other people, they are also living their life. But true life will be that life which is governed, which is taught to us by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam because he is the one who has created us. So that's why we find without Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we would not have uh, learned and received and understood all that we see in our life when it comes to uh, the maqsad of life, the purpose of life, how to live our life, all those things about imaniyat, a'mal, even about, about, about our mu'ashirat, our, our, about our mu'amilat, our dealings, and all those things we would not have learned without Rasulullah sallallahu So when a person believes and he has a trust and he believes hundred uh, percent with certainty uh, the, term, the blessed tongue of Rasulullah sallallahu he gets all these things from our iman from our tawheed from the risalat from uh, all the akaid about hereafter and everything and the, how to live our life in this dunya we get through Rasulullah sallallahu that's why it becomes uh, necessary upon us to have complete trust on the tongue of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That's why we find it is because of this trust 
ulama, scholars, and pious people, we find they have given their life in order to collect his ahadith, his aqwal, his statements, his af'al, his actions, his approvals, his taqareer, his akhlaq, how he dealt, his asfar, his journeys, his, uh, the life of his house, that how he lived his life with his wives, with his families, and how he lived amongst his sahaba Entire life we find it has been recorded by the ulama, by the pious people, because they have trusted, they had that love, to, uh, uh, and they have trusted on the blessed tongue of Rasulullah And we find in a detailed manner, if Rasulullah had done any ishara, any kinaya, maybe he had raised his, you know, uh, uh, finger of shahada for some to explain something. We find that has been preserved also. If he has done any minute thing that he moved from this place to this place and he sat in this manner, we find that has been also preserved for Rasulullah And we're not going to find for anyone else in this minute detail each and everything that is preserved for that person. Then Rasulullah And it was because this trust that ulama had and the pious people from Sahaba to Tabi'in and their students they had on the blessed tongue of Rasulullah What is the reward for those who give their life, who do this effort in order to preserve the aqwal, af'al, and actions, and the ma'ani of Rasulullah which came out from the Mubarak and the blessed tongue of Rasulullah We find hadith comes in Sunan Abi Dawood, Rasulullah says, the word hadith comes in the hadith of Rasulullah that may Allah brighten the face, may Allah keep the face of that person fresh and may he give him good in this dunya and in the hereafter if you look at the tashri of ra'an, to who the one who hears my hadith the one who hears the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa he preserves that, that hadith and then he conveys it to others. Sometimes what happens is this, the one who is conveying the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he may, might not have understood that hadith more than the one who he is conveying the hadith to. He is well versed, he has more understanding. So he takes out more uh, and, and you know more points from the hadith of and more masail from the hadith of Rasulullah. The point is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will keep that person fresh will brighten the face of that person and he's going to give him good in this world and in the hereafter who the one who gives his life the one who learns and you know the one who uh, preserves the ahadith of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi here before moving on i want to mention one more thing what is the hadith of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi we talk about this we hear this when we say hadith what it means Keep two things in mind. One is the riwayat and one is the riyad. These two things make the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa One is the riwayat and one is the riyad. What is riwayat? Al-Fadh. 
the words, the statements that we find in the books of Ahadith, those are called riwayat, riwayat, rawi. That's why we say narrator, and riwayat means narration. So riwayat, uh, uh, the alfaz of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, we find. That's one. Second thing is dirayat, which means maani. You have the statement of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam in front of you. One alim, one scholar, he's going to tell you that this is the commentary of this statement of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. This is the meaning of this hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. This is what you get from this hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. This becomes permissible from this hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. This becomes haram and impermissible for you because of this hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So we find riwayat and dirayat both together become the of so when we talk about hadith, it means riwayat and dirayat. Yes, you know the definition of the hadith, which is qawl, fa'l, and taqreer, which is statement, actions, and the approvals of Rasulullah sallallahu But this is al-fad. This, this definition of hadith is the al-fad of the uh, of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the words and the statements. So this is going to come under riwayat. But what is dirayat? The meaning. The thing that you understand from the ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Now let me expound and explain these two words which is making the word hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa When we say riwayat and dirayat, uh, just to uh, uh, understand it you know, in little detail, one is a person who records hadith. Right? The one who mentions the love and the statements of the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa If he is on a great level, he gets the title of, of muhaddith. We call muhaddithin, the group of uh, those scholars who uh, are well versed in the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa The word is given, the title is given muhaddith and muhaddithin. So this is those who engage and those who record, those who preserve, those who convey, and those who make an effort in teaching and in learning the ahadith, the alfad of the ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And later when they become well-versed, they get this style muhaddith. But we find in the meaning of the ahadith of Rasulullah One person talks about the meaning of the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu If that meaning is related to our aqaid, our beliefs, our creed, and that person becomes well-versed in this field, then the title is given mutakallim. He is called mutakallim, the one who is well-versed in the aqaid and the beliefs. Right? He has given his life in uh, going into the details of the aqaid of Islam. So the, the, that hadith from which you get the meaning of any aqidah, any belief. You talk about tawheed of Rasulullah from one, of, one particular hadith. So this meaning you are getting from that hadith. So if anyone mentions this meaning and he becomes well-versed, he is called mutakallim. Similarly, any person, any scholar who 
talks about masail, ahkam, commandments, something that is permissible, not permissible, jayiz, not jayiz, sahih, not sahih, from the ahadith of Rasulullah and he tells you that you are getting from this hadith, you have to do this, this is permissible because it is found in the hadith of Rasulullah or you don't have to do it because this is found in the hadith of Rasulullah this person is called faqih, when he becomes well versed in this field, he is called faqih. Similarly, we find those who talk about batin, spirituality, talk about akhlaq, our characters, how to, you know, uh, control our anger, how to, you know, uh, 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 to deal with the people when it comes to showing our characters. And, you know, person who talks about uh, what is the cure of hasad, what is the cure of, you know, this spiritual sickness and disease, this person who becomes well-versed and teaches people about the spiritual disease and their remedy in shariat, the title is given Sufi. The one who teaches people from the hadith of Rasulullah that this is what we learn when it comes to the akhlaq of Rasulullah When it comes to controlling this and that, when it comes to the characters of ours, you get from the hadith of Rasulullah when he becomes well-versed, the title is given Sufi. So we find when is the alfaz of the hadith of Rasulullah the one who engages with the alfaz, he is given the title of muhaddith. The one who engages in the ma'a and in the meaning, this person is called either faqih, either mutakallim, or either sufi, or different different titles that are there. But when we look at in reality, all these things, whether a person is talking about aqaid, whether a person is talking about the alfaz of the hadith of Rasulullah or whether a person is talking about akhlaq and characters and how to control uh, and how to you know, remove those bad qualities and characteristics from ourselves, uh, whether he is Sufi, whatever the title he is, all these things together become hadith. Because that's the meaning of hadith, what is rewired and what is derived. Some people, they try to uh, put this misconception in ours that hadith is different, fiqh is different. Hadith is different, uh, 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 kalam, ilmul kalam is different, ilmul aqidah is different. Hadith is different and talking about akhlaq and those who are, you know, uh, fixing and reforming and doing islah of the akhlaq by going to a particular shaykh and, you know, removing their spiritual disease, it is different. While in reality, if you look at from the definition perspective of hadith it is all the same thing if you are denying any of these things it means you're not trusting where it leads to that you're not uh, 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 understanding the definition of hadith if you're not understanding the definition of hadith the virtue the benefit that you're supposed to get you're not getting and it will lead to maybe slowly slowly not trusting on the blessed tongue of rasulullah so again putting everything uh, in perspective and making it short and summarize those things that we have mentioned the very first thing it demands when we claim to have the love of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, we have the 
trust and complete trust on the blessed tongue of Rasulullah One more thing about again Aqeedah point of view that when we talk about Rasulullah and again in general all Anbiya Right now the topic is about Rasulullah that's what we are going to mention about Rasulullah but this is again uh, in general about all Anbiya when we claim to have the love of Rasulullah that Uswatun Hasana is found in Rasulullah most certainly Uswatun Hasana a role model you are given the role model and role model is found in the life of Rasulullah when we look at just this ayah and the point I want to bring after this is one is that we get general meaning that we need to follow uh, we need to do ittiba, we need to obey the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has kept the uswa or uswai hasana, the good role model in the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Yes, that's true, that's fine, that's general meaning of this. But one more thing from the aqidah point of view that I want to mention over here. lakum fi uswatun hasana. I tell you to go and make similar thought that I'm wearing or maybe similar pants that someone else is wearing, go to a tailor and uh, tell him to make similar like that. So you go and take one example, one pair of, uh, one piece of cloth, one piece of thobe, and tell him, make similar to this. And you give him extra, you know, clothes. That from this cloth, uh, I want, you know, one thobe like this and one pants like this. Now, I ask you, if that thobe and that pants, let's say it has a hole, Right, it's ripped from somewhere, and you have told the tailor to make it similar. Nowadays, it's fashion to to wear something like this. Right, you're gonna see that some people they have ripped pants from here and like this. But the point I'm deriving from here is that you go to that particular tailor, tell him to uh, make something similar, and he doesn't make like that ripped cloth that you have given to him. Then he has not done his job properly, right? He has not done his job properly because he didn't make similar to the clothes that you have given to him. Maybe your purpose was, his purpose was that to fix that. Maybe you didn't know that there is a hole. But your purpose was to keep that because that may be the fashion of the time, the tradition of the time, the tradition of the community, whatever it is. Just the point is, if he doesn't do, uh, and he doesn't make similar thobe and similar pants, then we all say that he did not do his job properly, right? Because he did not make similar clothes. So when we talk about uswatun hasana of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa we are told in this manner. And again, we try, we strive in order to obey the life of Rasulullah now here the point that I want to mention is if again this is the taqala and the demand when we claim to have the love of Rasulullah that we believe that his life is pure his life is free of ma'asiyah his life is free of sins if we believe that he has sins as well if we believe that he has sins as well, then Uswatun Hasana, which is mentioned in the Quran by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, would have been wrong. Why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would not have told you to follow that life 
which is which has mercy as well, which has sin as well. Okay, the whole life you have sin, sin, sin. Let's say whole life somebody believes that it's pure, but there's one sin here, there's one sin here, one sin here. Now, if we are told to follow the life of Rasulullah to obey uh, the messenger of Allah and if he obeys that sin, particular sin, he's not going to be blameworthy then. He's not going to be blameworthy then because he was told to follow the life of Rasulullah and he's doing his job. So that's why when we claim to have the love of Rasulullah when we claim to have uswatun uh, hasana in the life of Rasulullah then it tells us logically even that we believe that his life is pure of masiyat and sin and why it shouldn't be why it shouldn't be because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen and this is again Anbiya alayhi salam in general. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we, we believe that Anbiya alayhi salatu salam, they are the chosen personalities. They are given prophethood by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not that anyone, any group of people, any people of the country, they got together and they announced that from now on, this person is going to, going to be our prophet. No, this Nabuwad prophethood, is a selection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala selects whosoever he wishes Allahu wallahu yajtabi min rusulihi man yasha Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala selects for this post whosoever he wishes when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala selects someone do you think he's gonna do masiyah he's gonna do something that is wrong why he's not gonna do it because the blame is not going to go unto that person. Blame is going to go to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That he has chosen wrong person to be a prophet. I will give you one simple example to understand this particular item. And that is our aqidah as well. And you know uh, that you have a leader of the community or let's say a governor of the city of one, one place who has been selected by the authority people. Maybe let's say a president, right? So he is the governor of one place. On the other hand, you have a governor of one place who has been elected by the people of that particular place. One is elected by the people and one is selected by the authority person and president. If this person commits and uh, does corruption in his city, in his country or wherever he is, then who is blameworthy? This person or the one who has selected? The one who has selected, right? The authority people, why they have chosen wrong person. If this person commits anything wrong, right? Cause corruption in this place, then the people who have elected this person, they are blameworthy. That why you have chosen, why we have chosen wrong person to be your leader. So we find Nabi is selected by Allah, not elected by the people. That's why if you believe that if he does anything wrong, that if he has masiyat in his life, if he disobeys sometimes, then this blame goes upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This blame goes upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why this is our belief, which is called ismat of anbiya alayhim salam Innocence. That they are innocent entity and personalities of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Which means, ma'asum means 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protects them. They have been protected by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from ma'asiyah. Now, our topic is about Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That's why we're not talking, I'm talking about other Anbiya alayhi wa sallam right now. I will mention one ayat of the Quran, maybe if time permits, more thing. Some people, they develop the doubt. They develop the confusion because of the apparent text of the ayat of Quran. And that is وَاسْتَغْفِرْ لِذَنْبِكَ وَلِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ وَالْمُؤْمِنَاتِ This ayah comes in Surah Muhammad where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Seek forgiveness استغفر لذنبك For your dhamb Apparently, literally what it means for your sin Seek forgiveness for your sin And seek forgiveness for the sin of the believers uh, Believing men and women now over here from the apparent text of this ayah again this is the problem you're gonna get and you're gonna come across when you do not look at the tafsir and the commentary of this ayah if you were to look at the commentary of this ayah you would not have uh, 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 developed that confusion and that uh, you would not have misunderstood this ayah so if you look at the commentary of this ayah again the point i want to mention is that Rasulullah his life is pure, free of ma'asiyah and why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then mentions in this ayah istaghfir li dhambik istaghfir li dhambik apparently it tells us that he has sinned that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling him to seek forgiveness apparently, yes or no apparently we get this meaning what? That he has sinned. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling him to seek forgiveness for your sin. But we look at the tafsir of this ayah and we understand the meaning of word istighfar. And uh, yeah, the word istighfar, which comes, the root word, uh, the root of this word istighfar is ghufran. Istighfar means talabul ghufran. To seek forgiveness. We, this is what we translate. But when we look at the word ghufran, it has, it has one another meaning, which is as-satru, to cover, which has also another meaning, to cover, as-satru, and Imam Razi rahimahullah mentions in his tafsir, I'm not going into the details, but just telling you the point over here, if you ever come across this ayah, or any other ayah like this, or any ahadith of Rasulullah in this manner, so you have this mindset. You don't get confused. You don't develop any misunderstanding about Rasulullah Remember, he is the closest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We are talking about here the love of Rasulullah Our love for Rasulullah will not become complete when you believe, when you have such belief. So that's the reason, maybe when I have this, or if I get time, maybe I will mention other things, but just understand over here, and uh, uh, this, uh, this ayah especially, I told you, the meaning of this is ghufran to seek forgiveness, and ghufran also comes in the meaning of asatru to cover. Now understand two things. There are two ways of seeking forgiveness or uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala covers a person's sin. There are two ways in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala covers a person's sin. One is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not allow that person to come close to that sin. And he covers that sin from that person. 
and that is Anbiya alayhi salatu wassalam. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not allow Anbiya alayhi salatu wassalam to come close to the sin. And that's one way of as-sadr. So when he is seeking forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that this meaning we're going to use, that he is asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to not let him come close to the sin. Another meaning of as-sadr is all uh, other than Anbiya alayhi salatu wassalam, we are weak, we sometimes commit sin, right? We indulge in sin. So when we are told to seek forgiveness, or when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is told seek forgiveness for the believing men and women, sometimes they have committed the wrong, sometimes they have not committed the wrong. So when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is asking forgiveness for general believers, or when we seek forgiveness, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then another way of asadr and covering is that you do and a person ends up committing that sin, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not humiliate that person by covering his sin in front of him. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not disclose that person's sin in front of the people and he covers the sin of that person. So this is seeking forgiveness also. So this is what we find under the tafsir of this ayah. So we solve the word istawfir which is talabul ghufran when it comes to rasulullah sallallahu alaihi we said allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not let him come close to the sin and all other anbiya alayhi salatu wassalam second thing zambun the word zambun literally means sin but when we look, when we talk about this word just mahabbat love right uh, which is our title loving and mahabbat this word if you use it in the context of wife it will be different that a person loves his wife. It will be different. When you use this word in the context of father, that love and mahabbat will be different than the first one. Everyone understands this. When we use this word mahabbat in the context of mother, again it will be different than others. It will be different when we use the same word mahabbat uh, in the context of brother, sister, right? It will be different. For our awlad, it will be different. So just like the word is one, but because of the, the usage of the word is different, meaning becomes different. Similarly, when we talk about the word zambun, and zambun is attributed to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa or in general to all other Rabbi alayhi wa ulama mentioned, it means not sin, not ma'asiyah, it means khata, mistake, which is not considered to be a sin, which is not considered to be a ma'asiyah. So maybe mistake, maybe zallah, uh, which is they are not trying to do it this is not their intention to do it but you end up doing it for example you go out in a slippery weather it's icy there but you have proper shoes and uh, 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 on you and you're wearing proper shoes and everything is there properly and you are very very careful too that you don't slip away but what happens you end up slipping your intention is not to slip away but what happens because of the icy road and the condition of the road you slip so this is called zallad your intention is not to do it but you end up doing it so maybe it can be used for zallad maybe it can be used for either ishtihadi khata 
Now, again, okay, those things require little detail, but I'm talking about it's not going to be used until Masiyah. It may be used for, other than Anbiya for Masiyah, but the same word is used for Rasulullah and all the Anbiya we're not going to say Masiyah. Again, to make it short, to summarize this, when we have the love of Rasulullah or when we claim to have the love of Rasulullah we believe that his life is pure of ma'asiyah and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protects him from ma'asiyah and this is something that will build, that will develop, that will generate, that will increase our love for Rasulullah otherwise you may have different belief and you uh, you may be understanding that ayah just from the context of that ayah or not going into the details of that ayah it's not gonna develop it's not gonna increase your love for Rasulullah so this requires from the love of Rasulullah I wanted to mention one aqidah and one of the amal maybe in few minutes I will mention one of the amal that we can bring and something we can take from this majlis. We took few things. One is to uh, have 100% trust on the tongue of Rasulullah and about the aqidah of Rasulullah's life being pure, free of masiyah. Another thing with regards to our a'mal, with regards to our practice, when we claim to have the love of Rasulullah, we all say that it has to be seen, it has to be shown through our a'mal, through our practice, by us following the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi Then our claim that we have uh, uh, the love of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi will be true on our mouth. Otherwise, it is just al-fal that you are saying and there is nothing in your heart. So again, when we claim to have the love of Rasulullah we should be following the sunnah of Rasulullah It has to be seen from us by us following the sunnah of Rasulullah And again, I just want to mention there are many things could be mentioned under this. One sunnah I want to mention from the hadith of Rasulullah which comes in Jami' Tirmidhi. Anas ibn Malik radiyallahu says, Qala li Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ya Bunayya, Oh, my dear son, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, is speaking to Anas radiyallahu anhu. And he tells him, In qadarta an tusbiha wa tumsiya laysa fi qalbika ghishun li ahadin faf'al. That if you are able to do this act in the morning and in the evening, which is that you do not have ghishun, deception, ill-feeling, malice, animosity, hatred for anyone. If you can do to remove and not have deception, ill feeling for any person in the morning and in the evening, then do so. Rasulullah and then he tells him, Ya Bunayya, wadalika min sunnati, that is from my sunnah. He sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is saying that is from my sunnah. And then, Waman ahya sunnati faqad ahabbani. Right? We're talking about Muhammad, the one who revives, the one who gives life, the one who makes my sunnah alive. He has loved me. He has Muhammad of me. He loves me. So we find again Muhammad of Rasulullah by following the sunnah of Rasulullah from this hadith. And then what is the result of having the love 
He's gonna be with me in Jannah. The one who loves me, he's gonna be with me in Jannah. So we all want to be, and it has to be our desire. It has to be our desire that we want to be with Rasulullah in Jannah. So Jannah has to be our ultimate goal, our ultimate purpose, that we want to get Jannah. And in Jannah, we want to have the company of Rasulullah So again, from our daily du'as, one of the things we can add in our du'as is that oh Allah give us the company of Rasulullah in Jannah. Again, we don't need to shy. We all know. I know my condition. You know your condition that we don't deserve. Even Jannah, when we talk about, when we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us Jannah, we think that we don't deserve. How can we ask? So don't, no need to shy. Yes, we all know we don't deserve. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, oh Allah, we know we don't deserve to get entry into Jannah, but we cannot tolerate your punishment. We cannot tolerate your adab. We cannot tolerate your punishment. Oh Allah, give us entry into Jannah. And again, try our best, make an effort to get this. So, it has to be our ultimate, ultimate goal and making these du'as. And on top of that, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us the company of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi in Jannah. What else we can desire after getting this in Jannah that we have the company of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Subhanallah. So make this dua, keep it, add it in your daily duas. One more thing under just this hadith will tie one incident. Abdu, uh, Anas radiallahu anhu, he narrates this incident and he says that Kunna Jerusalem ma Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa We were with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sitting. And he says to us that just now you're going to see and you, a man will appear who is from the people of Jannah. Who is from the people of Jannah. Now everyone is, you know, attentive, focused and looking at that person. So one person comes, he is from the uh, Ansar tribe and he has his sandals on his left hand. His wudu water is dripping from his face because he just made wudu. And he goes... And the second day, same thing happens. Rasulullah says, just now you're going to see a man who is from the people of Jannah. Same man appears. And in the same condition, third day, same thing happens. One of the companions of Rasulullah who was there, uh, whose name was Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As He says, let me follow this person and see what actions he does. Because of which Rasulullah is giving him this good news. So he goes and follows that person and he goes to his house, he meets him and he tells him that I have some issue with my dad. If you can allow me to live here, to stay with you for three days. And I have taken qasam that I'm not going to enter uh, to my dad, I'm not going to come to my dad uh, for three days. So he comes to this person just to watch his actions, just to see his actions, what makes him deserve the, uh, this bashara, this good news that he is from the people of Jannah. On the blessed tongue of, blessed tongue of Rasulullah in this dunya, it is something, right? You are getting basharat 
in this in this world, in this worldly life that you are from the people of Jannah. So it is something great. So that's why he wanted to see. So he is there watching him. Uh, uh, he was thinking that, you know, he might be praying long or something like this. That's why he's getting this bashad. When he saw this person, he's just doing little zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he goes to sleep. And while, uh, while he was asleep, at the time of turning and tossing, he remembers the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he gets up in the fajr. No qiyam nothing. Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al he is there for three days watching him, you know, doing these things. Nothing else, nothing much. So, when he is about to leave, he tells the Sahabi that, look, I don't have any issues with my dad, but I've heard from the tongue of Rasulullah that you are from the people of Jannah. And that's why I came here to see your actions. But I did not see anything, you know, he was about to trivialize his action. He said that Sahabi said that what have you observed? This is what I do. I mean, nothing more, nothing much. What you have seen me, this is what I do. Now he's about to leave. Who? Abdullah ibn Abdul Asad. He's about to leave. He's leaving. This person calls him again. That come. And again he tells him, what you have seen, this is what I've uh, been doing. And what, I, what you have observed, this is what uh, I've done and what I've been doing. Except, then he mentions, except, Except that I don't find hatred, ill feeling, malice for anyone from the Muslimin. I don't find that in my heart. I don't keep ghish for any person, hatred for anyone, I, uh, uh, malice and ill feelings for any person. Number two, he says, And I did not become hasid. I did not become, you know, jealous over any good things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given any person. So two things, no hasad, no ghish, no ill feeling. Abdullah ibn Amr ibn Asad said this is what makes you deserve of uh, getting Jannah and the again the point is from, these, from this incident and as well as from the hadith of Rasulullah which is we talked about not to have rish for anyone and it is one of the uh, greatest akhlaq that we have that we do not keep ill feelings for any person before we go to sleep in the morning and in the evening we try and check our heart to see whether I have anything wrong any ill feeling for any person in my heart or not if yes then I forget, forgive, and forget and forgive, and ignore that you know that the feeling that we have, and for the sake of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Again, it requires a great courage when it comes to uh, forgiving any person. When we look at right now, there is no time. When we look at the life of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he has forgiven so many people. Not just people, not just Sahaba, not just Muslimin, those who were, those who were uh, the enemies of Islam. Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam has forgiven them as well. So we take a lesson and, uh, from the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam when he has forgiven someone who were the enemies of Islam and like those people, can we not forgive our brother? Can we not forgive our sister? Can we not forgive our parents? Can we not forgive, you know, whosoever we have problem with? 
just forgive for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is one of the descriptions, one of the signs of having taqwa. That that you forgive people. So, from the this gathering, we take, when we go home, we take this quality, this sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that we do not have ill feeling for any person from now on we make our target to check in the morning and in the evening to see that i have any ill feeling for any person or not and this becomes uh, and this starts from you know small small issues when we do not resolve it gets bigger it grows bigger and something to the extent that you do not talk to your brother even so we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us in following this particular sunnah and in general call the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us the love of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to have the love of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam kamil in our heart which completes our iman. Ameen. Wa akhiru da'wana. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.